0: Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're talking about persistence in breastfeeding. Last episode, we talked about how breastfeeding may be perfectly natural, but it is not perfectly easy. There tend to be a few or a lot of obstacles to overcome, but what does that actually look like? Dawn Pensack is here to share her stories. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Expectful, an evidence-based guided meditation app created specifically for those trying to conceive, pregnant, or new moms. Reduce your stress, reduce your complications, and improve your connection to your baby and partner. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com/birthful. The Birthful podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be, Mighty Dads and Dads-to-be, and Mighty Parents and Parents-to-be. Hello, hello. Thank you for listening, for all your messages. And if you like what you hear, then do consider telling your friends about it, subscribing, and or leaving a review on iTunes because I truly, truly appreciate it. Let's get this show in front of even more people. All right. Since you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you listen to other podcasts as well. And so I want to make sure that If you happen to be a mompreneur, you check out the Business and Baby Food podcast. I think you will like it. The Business and Baby Food podcast is done by Shanna Chamberlain. And on the show, she chats with different successful mompreneurs to empower, encourage, and educate others in the same boat. Have a listen at businessandbabyfood.com and see, let me know what you think. All right. You may have deduced by the intro today that we're gonna do things a little bit different than than usual here. Instead of a straight-up topic-centered episode, this one is going to be part breastfeeding story, part companion episode to last week's show. I may start to do more of these companion episodes, so do let me know what you think of the structure at info at com. So the story topic today is persistence in breastfeeding. Before we start though, I want to make sure that you know that even though I am a breastfeeding supporter, I am first a parent supporter. Breastfeeding is often a struggle and sometimes the obstacles and circumstances are such that you have to adjust and sometimes simply stop or maybe not even start. I get it, I get it, I have been there. So if you didn't have a good breastfeeding relationship, please don't feel like this is intended to guilt you, this episode is intended to bring up guilt or shame you. On the contrary. I have immense compassion for you because I know these choices are not easy to make. But only you know what works for your family and your situation. However, I do know that sometimes breastfeeding doesn't work because of external circumstances, not choices. You know, to me, breastfeeding is determination plus knowledge plus support plus creativity. I am one of the most stubborn people on the planet, but determination and persistence alone did not make breastfeeding work for us. I lacked knowledge, I wasn't going to the right place for support, and even though we got creative, I was still a hot mess. So that's why I feel this show today is super important, along with the one last week, right? Because I would have loved to have had this knowledge ahead of time. Someone to tell me that parts of this would suck. See what I did there? (laughs) But that grinning and bearing it was not the solution. Last week, I talked with Kathleen Kendall Tackett about the most common breastfeeding struggles. And if you didn't listen to that episode, make sure you do. Um, we mentioned how some of these struggles are circumstantials, uh, circumstantial, like a slow letdown reflex or having a very sleepy newborn. And that others, like latching issues, sore nipples, or blocked ducts, can be part of a learning curve. And then there's some that require medical attention, and some are just part par for the course of baby development in life. So the point is, it is rarely a smooth and seamless process. If you are able to move past the struggles and obstacles, however, it can be a truly wonderful experience of love, nurturing, and bonding for you and your baby, which is, you know, what what this is all about. So Dawn Pensack feels very similarly. And she recently reached out suggesting we do this show to share why persistence for her is key to breastfeeding and how partners can support breastfeeding people. And so that's how we ended up here. Don, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. Yay! So, the how this the episode came about is you sent an email letting me know, like saying, "Look, persistence in breastfeeding is really important," and I've gone through all these struggles and these stories, and I want to share this. Um, but from you know that sort of hindsight, 2020 big picture perspective of wow, this is what worked and this is what didn't and how things were different. So first of all, thank you for for doing that. Uh, For wanting to share. Mm. (laughs) So, you know, you have two children, two very different breastfeeding stories. Tell us about them. Tell us about your experience. So first of all, before, like while you were pregnant with your first kid, what were your wishes for breastfeeding? Well, I was
1: very set on breastfeeding. I was like, everything is going to be perfect. I really didn't know any other way except like I was going to, you know, go to full term. I was going to deliver this perfectly healthy child. And it was just, we were just going to breastfeed for a year and like nothing was going to happen. It didn't even occur to me that that, that might not be, you know, the reality. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that did not happen at all. Um, so my my daughter, and she's five and a half now, um, she decided to come almost two months early. So I was due in March. She came in January. So totally through this whole um, idealistic world, right? Like a whole big, a whole big kink in the picture. Yeah. And when she arrived, you know, she wasn't anywhere near. Um, you know, like she couldn't breathe on her own. She was in the NICU for three weeks. She was very, um, she had a lot, of, she had jaundice. So for three days, um, I couldn't even hold her. She was under the the lamps and, um, you know, we could barely touch her. So it was, it was really stressful. Like it was just so, so, so stressful. And they had a lactation consultant in the NICU who um oh and my daughter had a very traumatic delivery like just totally traumatic you know with forceps and um like it was very 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 that was very stressful also
0: what was Um, her her weight how small was she so she was actually a huge preemie she was
1: five she was five two so that was a shock because she was supposed to be about three maybe three and a half pounds right um yeah, so that was one really awesome thing that she had going for her was her size.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that made yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but but still you were, you know, so because she was under the lights and all that, you guys didn't really do much little much skin to skin at the beginning.
1: Yeah, there was there was really no skin to skin um, you know, at, at least for those 3 days and then finally When, well, when we, when she was able to come out of the, the incubator, um, and she was able to come out of those lights, we did skin to skin as much as we could. Um, but there was a lot of, you know, a lot of other, I guess, medical things. And there were so many procedures and so many doctors in and out and in and out, you know, that it was hard to really maintain like an extended period of time with skin skin to skin. Um, but, but yeah, that there really wasn't much for those
0: first few days. So what were you doing in terms of feeding her for those? Like what, yeah, what was going on for feeding? So I was trying to pump.
1: I mean, I was trying to pump and I was waiting for, for this milk that I thought, you know, just like naturally comes like, you know, you, you give birth and then everything's like right there and ready. And that just didn't happen at all. I mean, I was pumping and pumping and there was nothing. So I think, um, I'm pretty sure she started on, you know, with the formula, um, whenever she was ready to eat, I don't, I don't think she ate, you know, for, Oh, I'm trying to think of how they, um uh, but she had the gavage tube. So they just fed her through that for a while. Mm-hmm. And. I did start to produce a teeny little bit here and there. So anything that I, that I had, even if it was just like one drop in the pump, you know, we wiped her lips with it or we, you know, put it in her mouth. Like we tried as best as we could for like any little tiny thing. Like I said, even if it was one drop, you know, she got that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then over time, maybe there was a little bit more. Um, here and there like if I pumped one ounce I thought it was the best day in the world like if I pumped like one ounce for like the day I mean I thought it was oh my gosh you know like the the sky opened and I had like the best day ever Um, she wasn't eating a lot because she was so little that Mm -hmm. pumping one ounce for me was it was like it wasn't enough for her for the day but it was it was good, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, she doesn't have to be supplemented with formula for every meal, maybe. But um, it wasn't, I was, she definitely was not getting as much breast milk as I would have liked for her to get.
0: Right. No, definitely a very specific yeah. situation of many things coming together to make it an uphill battle for, for you. Yeah. So what happened then? Like, how did that progress?
1: So I was working with the lactation consultant and like she was, she was very supportive in just encouraging me. Like I was so frustrated. I mean, I was so frustrated because the comparison comparisonitis of, you know, we, I was there for three weeks, you know, all day, every day. And, um, I've made friends with a lot of the other moms who were in similar situations. Like we all, you know, had preemies. Um, and, I remember one mom in particular would go home at night and come back with like jugs full. you know, she had twins and we actually had the same due date and our kids were actually born like a day or two apart. So it was pretty interesting, but she would come back with these J these jugs of breast milk. And she was just like, you know, and I always felt so bad. I'm like, Oh my God. You know, I, I'm like not pumping anything. And, um, we start we tried to chart things with like the lactation consultant tried to help me chart you know when i was getting a little more and we tried to kind of keep it um so we could maybe see you know time of day or different things but um i was just basically pumping around the clock i mean i would wake up in the middle of the night i i had my alarm set for every whatever number of hours and every time I pumped, it was just like, this constant frustration, and I just felt so guilty because I knew it was best for her, especially in her situation, and my, I just felt like my body was letting me down. I'm like, first of all, I have this baby now that's two months early, like, why, why did she come early? And there was no reason, nobody could determine um, a reason her coming early it was just um -hmm. you know nobody knew and then I couldn't even breastfeed her so I felt so guilty and so like shameful
0: and those feelings are just so hard yeah because you're yourself recovering from pregnancy have hormones all the you know going everywhere and sleep deprived waking up and pumping and then the you know to make it all worse the stress makes it more difficult for your milk to come. In. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It, it was, uh, it was really, really hard. Mm. So that, okay. How did that, so what did that breastfeeding relationship end up looking like? Or what did you end up doing with that, with her?
1: So when she was discharged from the NICU, um, and she finally came home I tried to continue the pumping. Um, She wasn't really latching, like we did try to have her latch in the NICU while she was being fed with the gavage. Um, But, you know, I guess she wasn't very really strong, so the the, um, sucking was really hard for her and things like that. So I thought when she got a little bit bigger and stronger, she could take to the breast and then Maybe my milk would start coming in, and I was just really, really hopeful. I was really hopeful. And um, when she came home, um, I continued the pumping. The milk really wasn't coming in. Still, I, I kind of gave up putting her to the breast really often because it was like just always a failure, and then she would get really frustrated when she was hungry. And so I just kind of resorted to, okay, well, I'll keep pumping. If the milk starts coming, then I'll just you know, pump and and feed her through the bottle. But actually when I took her in for her two month checkup, the pediatrician told me to stop pumping. She said, just stop. Like you're worrying too much about it. Just feed her formula and it's fine. A lot of people do it and you know, she's going to be fine. And so she, she kind of just told me like, just give it up. And I thought, Okay, well, if the doctor's telling me to just give it up, it's never going to work, then I guess that's what I have to do. So that's, so I did end up giving up around two months.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that she ended up like having reflux and prescription for like that, that wasn't yeah. a good experience for you guys. But in the... In between those two months, did you reach out for any type of support or was it just you s- trudging through at home? Well, with the NICU, um, we did get access
1: to the lactation consultant um, you know even when she was discharged but i I felt like it was the same you know every time i would i would Me or every time i would try to get the support there wasn't um it was the same result every time it was like well she needs to be at the breast but then you know she's at the breast and she's not she's not sucking or like the milk is just not coming and i just really always felt like it was a problem with me like i'm doing something wrong and she's not you know like it just isn't working so we did try to continue the support but in the NICU I had the support daily I mean multiple times a day you know I had the support of the lactation consultant and um then when we went home you know it wasn't every day it may have been like three every week like for a couple weeks and it just wasn't um something just didn't click
0: that sounds so tough. Like I'm like <laughs> yeah. I'm listening and going like, "Oh, because it's not just you know, it's that whole thing of you need stimulation. It's two things that need to happen with breastfeeding, right? You need like milk flow and then you need baby to suck and then well, three things and then you need the transfer to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And It seems you were having trouble with all of them, and one affects the other, and then it kind of snowballs the problems as time passes, and it's tough that you weren't getting the support you needed and specific ideas to help you out with that. But at the same time, that was a really challenging situation to begin with. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can totally understand the feelings of guilt and all that, but also see. And I want to. I mentioned at the beginning that of the show earlier that this is not about. You know, breastfeeding is all there is, and breastfeeding is best because we're not. We're not in that camp. It's it's whatever works for you and your family, and only you can determine that. What Mm -hmm. is tough is when you have the desire to do something, that it's not by choice, it's by circumstances that you end up not being able to breastfeed. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you choose not to breastfeed, fantastic, fabulous. Like, mm-hmm. it is your baby, it's your body, you figure it out. Yeah. But if, right? But if it's, you know, this is not what you wanted, it can be so tough. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking earlier, I came up with this, I'm like in love with it now, this breastfeeding <laughs> equation (laughs) watch it watch it change in like two months but of breastfeeding being knowledge and support and persistence and creativity
1: yes I love that
0: (laughs) yay so how does that equation do you feel align with your with this experience
1: so well with my first um I feel like a lot of the parts of that equation are kind of, we're kind of missing. I mean, the, the knowledge whereas, you know, I mean, I think I knew what to do. I had the, I had a very knowledgeable expert helping me. Um, but we, and I feel like I had the persistence, but I just didn't have that creativity. I think that the creativity was kind of like, it was missing because we were just we kept doing the same thing and the same thing wasn't working so we didn't pivot and try something else which may have then triggered the whole cycle to actually start working um but that just didn't didn't happen
0: Mm. yeah that's so interesting And I think I might need to, like, add, like, circumstances to that. Like, because I think that works within that, the formula works within most cases. But if you add a premium to it, that's like, okay, now we've got an extra set of of challenges and circumstances Um, that might require more creativity, more knowledge, more, all of it, more support, more persistence. Um, But let's fast (laughs) forward. You know what? Let's take a break first and then we'll fast forward four years and see how, your breastfeeding experience was different with your son okay hey mighty ones it is not uncommon for stress levels to go up while you're pregnant you may be worried about the health of your baby or maybe you're anxious about the birth or maybe you're wondering how you're going to afford all the extra cost or maybe you're just guilt-ridden because you're not eating well and exercising and doing all those little things that everyone is telling you to do for the sake of your little peanut Fortunately, there is one little simple thing you can do that won't take up more than 10 minutes per day and will improve not only how you feel about all these things I mentioned, but also your birth, the health of your baby, and your own immunity. That little thing is meditation. And yup, it can do all this and even help reduce your pain during labor. Don't know where to start? Easy peasy, check out Expectful, an evidence-based guide meditation app created specifically for new, soon-to-be, or expectant moms. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com birthful. And don't forget to add the slash birthful part so they know who sent you. And we're back talking to Don Pentak. And so, Don, tell us about, so fast forward four years. How was your next breastfeeding experience and what, you know, what, what did you do differently, if anything? Oh, my goodness. So my next pregnancy
1: um, was my, my kids are four years apart. So about, you know, three years later or whatever, when I got pregnant, I was so dead set on like, there is no way this is not working. Like I, this is going to work no matter what. And I was, I was so dead set on that because I actually, the guilt for, from my experience with my first like hung hung with me for so many years like i i just felt like i had let my child down you know and it was and it's like crazy to to think like that but that was how i thought you know that was like my my truth you know in my head and um so i said you know i'm i'm making this work regardless this is there's no other way you know it's just it has to work so my son um was born in mid December 2015. And he was born via C section. And um, nine pounds, one ounces, you know, big, healthy, full term, everything, everything looked like it should be perfect, perfect setup for breastfeeding. And um, it just did not happen that way. Again. So he when he was first born, you know, he was huge. So he had some of the blood sugar issues that I guess are common with, um, with larger babies. So he had to have some, you know, a lot of, uh, I guess, little, however they test his blood sugar regularly. And like, he needed to eat, you know, I mean, it was like, okay, this milk has to come like this baby needs to eat. So, um, it was, it wasn't coming. Like it just, It wasn't coming. So, you know, everybody's saying, well, you had a C-section, so maybe it'll be a little bit later. Maybe it's not going to come right away. Um, I think he had to be supplemented maybe once or twice with formula, but um, not too much. And... I started, you know, getting nervous again. I'm like, oh my God, you know, like maybe there really is something wrong with my body. Like maybe I am just not, like I started getting all these, these thoughts in my head, these beliefs that like it just wasn't going to work again. And I was just going to have to accept it again. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the nurses came in um, one night and I was struggling and she was trying to be nice. And she said to me, Don, you know, you some women just can't breastfeed. So don't don't be upset about it. Just, you know, it's fine. Like it's, it he's going to be fine either way. So just, you know, it's okay. And I was like, and that just made me so much more like this, ha- like, no, this has to work, you know? So then interestingly, um, an, a lactation consultant came in, I believe it was later that night also. And she said to me, She said, listen, there's two things that, that, you know, are going to start triggering your, your milk to come in. And she said, those two things are, he needs to suck and he needs to swallow. And I'm like, but there, if there's no milk, what is he swallowing? Like there's an, he's not swallowing. And she's like, yeah, that's why we need the milk to come in, you know? And I was like, well, then what if, what if it doesn't come in? Like. Chicken I don't, or the egg, people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then my son needed – he was also jaundiced. So he needed to be under the the, um, the, the light. Leia. And that night he's under the lights and he was fussy. And the nurse came in and she started giving him um, – I guess it's like sugar water in the syringe – so she's giving him like little, little bits of sugar water to like, I guess, you know, make him happy or wh- whatever she's doing. And as I watched her do that, something clicked in my head and I was like, oh my gosh, I know what to do. I was like, I know how to make this work. You know, the creativity part of your, of your equation. That's like, I love that. And, um, I'm like, okay, so I'm putting pieces together like from my first who had the gavage feeding and you know, she was Can be- you
0: I'm sorry to interrupt, but can you explain what the gavage feeding is cuz we didn't we didn't explain it for the first time. I know you mentioned it in passing, but I think we need to explain sure. what that looks like. Sure. That's um when
1: babies are fed through I guess there's like a little tube and it goes through their nose into their their stomachs, I believe. And um it's kind of just like the formula or the breast milk will go through that tube into their belly. So they're, they're getting fed without having to work for their food. Um,
0: All right. Cool. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in the NICU, they would have the gavage, they would, the baby would be fed through the gavage while the mother, like while her mouth, like while she's attached to the mother's breast to try to, like, so she's eating and she's kind of going through the motions of nursing, but it's a little easier, you know, if they're not as strong. Mm-hmm. Well, I started thinking in my head, like, all right, you know, he needs to suck and he needs to swallow. But then, if there's no milk, what is he swallowing? And I'm, all these things are going through my head. So I said, okay. And I this, I got my husband on board, and I said, okay, this is what we need to do. He needs to be on the breast. You are going to take. A little dropper of um, I think we used I think we used a little bit of formula or maybe I if I had pumped like a tiny bit or, or something and I said you need to be in the side of his mouth as he's nursing with this dropper and as he's you know sucking and trying to like get this milk because he was a very big hungry baby you know I mean he was really good at at nursing and I'm like as he's you know going you know, when he's, he's excited to eat, you need to be kind of putting this, this liquid formula or or pumped breast milk in the side of his mouth. So he's sucking and swallowing, sucking and swallowing, sucking and swallowing. And he's doing these two things. Well, we did that two times. And the milk just poured in, like it just came in so strong. And it was like, Oh my gosh. Like it was amazing. It was totally amazing. So then I started, um, I didn't, I didn't continue pumping, you know, like right away. You know, I didn't get on a pumping schedule or anything unless I, I needed to just, you know, for comfort. Um, but he after that point, the milk was was there and I was able to breastfeed him. And we actually I breastfed him through 13 months. So a little bit over a year, um, and the really exciting part, because like I've like I've said a couple times, I had so much guilt for my first about not being able to to breastfeed her, and I just felt like I let her down so so much. I um once I did start getting on a regular pumping schedule, I was able to save so much. Um, I was able to save so much breast milk that and and I was able to donate I donated 367 ounces to a local um, milk bank for the premature babies so I was I felt so excited and I felt so good about being able to do that yeah. that I was able, I was able to just release the guilt for my daughter and say like you know what it didn't happen for her but if my experience with her had been different and she is healthy and she's doing great now Maybe I wouldn't have been able to help other children, you know, other babies and, you know, other moms who mm. went through a similar thing. And, and I just kind of looked for the lesson in my experience with my daughter. And I said, you know what? Like, her experience came with, um, with a lot of guilt and frustration, but that fueled
0: this thing that I was able to
1: do. And, you
0: know. And that is An immense amount of milk you donated. That's a lot. Wow.
1: Yeah. It, you know, once it started, like once it came Mm -hmm. and I had to be a little creative, like you, like you mentioned before with your equation. But once I, once that little thing kind of, um, set the ball rolling with, oh, you know, the sucking and the swallowing and, and getting my husband on board to help, um, once it came in it was just like it was just it was amazing and it was just great.
0: how you know how even more empowering that you came up with this idea on your own you're like no let's try this and then it worked like that's incredibly rewarding um and and, and again back to the knowledge and the and the support like Lactations consultants have something that is very similar to work for that, which is called little feeding tubes. And it's like little tubes that you put, you tape to your breasts at the end of the nipple so that baby, like there's a device. What you MacGyvered, there is a specific (laughs) device to do that, to simulate that. So it's like you had to create it on your own, which is amazing and creative that you did. And it's like. Why wasn't anybody else offering you this? Because it's not like like it exists already. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? you know what? That's interesting that you say
1: that because um, I I have heard about that after the fact. Like, is it like a supplementation device or um, I forget yeah. exactly what it's called, but like for people who adopt children. Um, it can be used in a lot
0: of different ways yeah. just to create that stimulation. Um, but it's basically like it's two little tubes that come. You sort of tape them behind your neck, and go you know down to your front to the to and the end at the nipples, and then baby's being fed whatever breast milk formula whatever through there. Right, it's dropping mm-hmm. in, but they're at the breast. So it encourages that suction and they're getting feeding and so they're swallowing right at it. So you're getting the stimulation that you need, proper stimulation from your baby. That you know a pump is different in the stimulation, so you're yeah. getting that specific tongue movement, right, and I think that's what the mm-hmm. lactation consultant was pointing out when she was talking about sucking and swallowing because it's two different tongue movements, so yeah, maybe you just needed that other one, so yeah, there's a thing that i I'm pretty sure i'll 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 link it to the to the show notes, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's called a feeding tube or the milk supplementation feeding tube or something like that, yeah,
1: okay, yeah. But, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, there are resources, you know, to help us. and so, But we just have to be pointed to them or
0: guided there, you know? Well, and so, that's why you're like yeah. superwoman, because you came <laughs> up with this on your own, right? You put it together uh, when people are telling you, oh, you know, some women never make milk, and it's good. Yeah,
1: I know. And it's like, you know, some people are trying to be nice, and they're trying to, you know, but I mean, I just that was just not what I wanted to hear and and not um it just wasn't the right thing to say at the right time, but you know she
0: had the best intentions for sure mm. um, and I think it really goes back to also trusting our intuitions because this is a person that's coming into your room that really has limited contact and experience with what you're going through they're you know they're coming in and seeing it from a very narrow perspective and then giving you. Guidance based on that, whereas you have been with your baby day in, day out, night in, every feeding, every all you know, constant contact, and you are inside your body, so you could like you have just uh, you have more information to make mm-hmm. from which to make a choice. Yes. Yeah. Um. When? When did that? Ha- Do you remember when? like how old your baby was when that happened have you had you i had two questions for you one was that and then also like during since the birth he was being supplemented um a couple of times and they were doing all the the glucose checks the the pinpricks but was he were you doing a lot of skin to skin then was he like were you putting him to the breast a lot what was what what were you doing to try to get that that feeding happening and the milk to come in before you had your epiphany of the tube
1: um so let's see so your um i forget what your first question is but when he was born oh so i had the epiphany when he was 4 days old okay it was actually the first day we got home like we we got home my my daughter was in daycare for the day we sat on the couch for his first feeding. And I was like, this is what we are doing. Like, go get the, go get the syringe, go get, you know, we had this little tiny, you know, thing with, with, um, I forget if it was breast milk or if it was some formula. And, um, I'm like, that is what you're going putting in the syringe. You're going to put it in the side of his mouth. And my husband just looked at me like, okay, whatever you say, I'm going to do, you know, like, what do you need? This is what, you know, I'll do. Um, but when my son was first born, We did a ton of skin to skin, but I wasn't in a really good mental place because I was completely unprepared for like the pain of a C-section. I thought going in that it was, I guess I just thought it wasn't going to be that bad. I'm like, you know, I have so many friends who've had C-sections. Nobody has ever, ever, ever mentioned the pain, the The, you know, the fact that you can't get out of your bed, you know, I mean, all these things, I had just kind of thought it was such a normal operation that I was going to be like, up and about right away, or I don't even know what I thought in my head. But after the actual surgery, I had such a hard recovery, like it was, um, it really, really, really like threw me for a loop. I had no idea I was going to be in so much pain, and that I wouldn't be able to walk. I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. I so I did skin to skin as much as humanly possible, um, and I did try, you know, nursing as much as humanly possible. But I was just in so much pain, and I was trying to avoid which was not a good idea for me. But I was trying to avoid taking all the percocet and like all the the pain medication because I really was like, I wanna be stronger than that. I wanna I wanna just like I want my body to just heal and I don't need that stuff. And then it just got to the point where like, you know, if I smiled my stomach, I mean I was in so much pain. If I if I had to cough, if I had to you know, it, anything I like, I did. It was just it would hurt so much that then I had to try to like I was on like a, a level ten, you know, on a scale mm. of one to ten. And then to try to get me the try, to try to get the pain down to being bearable was such a long process. Um,
0: yeah, it does take quite a bit to yeah. get pain back in under control. Once it's gone out of control, that yeah. that's one of the things. Like there's some points in time where you just have to take your pain meds and yeah. that's one of them because it's easier to like stay on top of your, of your pain because it, like, like you're saying, it's harder than to bring yeah. it down. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: was, it was really, it was really bad. Mm. And the, um, I think it was the second night that I was there. My husband had to leave because he had to take care of our daughter. My, my mom wasn't able to take care of her that night And, um, so I was by myself and I actually had to send our, our son to the nursery for a couple hours because I couldn't, I just couldn't move. Like I couldn't. And that was actually the night he was under the, the, um, the lights for jaundice. So, Mm -hmm. um, so then it, it made it really hard for me because I couldn't hold him. Like if I could just hold him, I think it would have been different, but because he was under those lights and he was so fussy and cranky and like I was having such a hard time moving and I was in so much pain and it was just a really, really difficult, um, that night. So once I, once my pain subsided to the point where I was moving around a little bit, I was able to get up and, um, then I could start really focusing on the breastfeeding thing and just really go like headfirst into you know, and and at day four when I came home, that was when it was like, okay, I'm feeling okay. You know, I got the belly band. I that was amazing. I was an amazing help with the C-section. So once I had the belly band and I was feeling better, I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing, and this is going to work. Like absolutely, this is going to work. You know, and um, and it did. But I will say, the first two weeks were incredibly hard. I mean, I cried every time I breastfed, it hurt so much. Mm. And, um, and my husband was fantastic in that he he never said anything like, Oh, you know, it'll get better. It'll, it'll be fine. Like he just acknowledged that, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry, you're in so much pain, like just a simple acknowledgement of my reality right now is, is like it hurts, um, made it so much easier for me to deal with it. And he also did something that I thought was so incredible. We have um, in our bedroom and in the downstairs family room, he actually set up like a nursing station for me. So he set up, we had like a recliner chair and right next to it on the end table, he had um, like a phone charger, a bottle of water, snacks. And um, a book, like a book that I could, that I was reading, or like one of my favorite books. Um, he had like a journal with a pen, if I wanted to like write down anything. Um, so everything was, was there. I, I hate watching TV. So it wasn't like the remote or anything. But, you know, everything was there. So I think there was even earbuds. So like, if I wanted to listen to a podcast, or like a book on on books, I could, while my while my son was sleeping on me or, while I was nursing, but I didn't have to think about like, I didn't have to be nursing and think, Oh my gosh, I'm so thirsty right now. Like, or I'm so hungry. Cause I remember there was periods of times where I would be starving, you know, I would like sit down to nurse and then I'm, my belly is growling and I'm like, Oh, but I can't move. And Mm
0: -hmm. you know, like,
1: so he, he helped. That really did help a lot with my emotional health aspect of you know those first couple weeks
0: oh and that is such great support i love the nursing stations that's like i always love the nursing stations um because they you know breastfeeding can be very consuming right time wise but then there's yeah. so much attached to it that other people can do because really the part that only you can do is the baby at the breast everything yeah. else somebody <laughs> can help you with yeah yeah. And it was like so awesome of your husband to realize that and to go and help you with everything else. Yeah. Mm. And I love the fact <laughs> that, you know, that you talked about acknowledgement of what you were going through because acknowledgement is such good support. It seems yeah. silly, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you get to the end to find out why it was hurting so much those first two weeks? You know, like what made you continue through that pain? Was it getting better every day or no? Um, it, it was really
1: excruciating. It was more excruciating on one side than the other. But, you know, my, I was so clear on the fact that like my desire to do this, I was just, I was like, if there's milk, then I'm going to do this, you know, and there was milk and everything, you know, was, was set up. Now, what I think, so I did end up going to, um, now my kids are four years apart and with my daughter, our pediatrician was, you know, pro breastfeeding, but there wasn't a lot of support or information there. But now when my son was born, our pediatrician actually had an in-house lactation consultant. Um, and they, uh, there's just a lot more support and and education and, um, uh, you know, like, like if I, you know, there was just a lot, it was a lot more, I guess, talked about with the doctors and stuff. So Mm -hmm. when I brought my son for a checkup, um, they asked about breastfeeding and, and things like that. And I said, you know, like, I'm, it's really, really painful, like on one side and I don't, I don't know why. So I actually, that day, got to meet with a lactation consultant and I saw her a few times with my son. And I think what ended up, ha- I think what happened at some point is maybe there was a bruise, like maybe it was, um, you know, there, there was nothing that we could see and it did get better slowly over time. Um I there I know there was a couple times when I just kind of skipped that fe- like the feeding on that side and I just um pumped maybe a few times to kind of help it heal but it did get better and um I don't think we knew, ever knew like an exact you know an exact reason for why it was hurting but
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows it's hard the thing with cracked nipples and, 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 you know, even blisters and bleeding nipples is that it's surprising how quickly that can deteriorate. Like one or two feedings with a latch that's not so great can mm. cause some serious damage. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then you have to keep feeding, right? Because there's nothing like the actual breast milk will help it heal. It's all those antibodies, but there's, you should continue to feed, um, if you can. Which seems you like it was really hard and painful. Which I'm so sorry about. I can relate. <laughs> like I had some cracked nipples. Not uh, the yeah. things we go through, but <laughs> but it's that thing of like yeah, you, you know, I'm trying to heal while <laughs> somebody's feeding on it <laughs> eight to ten times a day <laughs> or twelve times a day. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> It's so much. And and that's one of those things that like only you can determine what your threshold is in terms of persistence and pains. And, you know, yours is one experience that was two experiences that were very different. And with one, you were getting some positive feedback that I guess, you know, makes it that that also makes it easier to persevere if you see some sort of change and, and, and hope.
1: Hmm. Yes,
0: definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um. Did you happen to go to any like support groups, breastfeeding cafes? Um. Aside from the support you were getting from your pediatrician and from your husband, of course. Did you have other layers of support? I actually didn't. Um. I didn't really know about a
1: lot of. Because I guess. Um. Two years ago, I wasn't so big into Facebook or into, like, a lot of the groups that they, that they have now, um, which kind of lets everybody know, like, this, there's this event, there's this event. I feel like I didn't really even know that that existed back then, mm. um, even though I, I know a lot of my friends who are having babies now, like, love, you know, the Wednesday morning breastfeeding group, and it's, like, they're friends, and they're, they get excited about going. I wish that I had known because I I think I would have really loved that. Um, You know, it's so lonely when you first have a baby and, you know, everybody's working. My daughter was at daycare. We were really fortunate to be able to keep her in daycare for a little while at first. Um, While I wasn't working and, you know, we had our, our son was so young. But it just sounds so lonely during the day, you know, so I would have loved to have groups like that. But I did not I wasn't, Um, I wasn't even really aware that they existed.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they can be super helpful because you also get to not only get the support, but get knowledge of other things that moms are going to or it, and expand your creativity because people go like, I found this or I you know, we're trying this. So it kind of taps into all those elements of the equation. Um so that you don't have to do it alone. And I can see how, you know, with my clients, how helpful it is to do that. And sometimes it can be hard to <laughs> to go think, to even think about getting out of the house and going somewhere and connecting with people. Um, it can be super helpful, but if there's even, even the online groups can be super helpful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Was there anything else that we that ways in which your your husband helped give you support that we didn't that we didn't get to?
1: You know, I mean, he was just he was just always very supportive and very on board with a lot of things. He would always t- say that like he picked up on a lot of things around the house um to help me because he remembers with my daughter and the bottles, he would be washing the bottles every single night for like an hour, you know, he would, he would wash the bottles and mix the formula for the next day. So he was so grateful that he didn't have to do that. So he picked up on, you know, the dishes, the house cleaning, that like any opportunity that he saw to help with something, he made sure he he did that. So that was also really, really, really awesome. Um,
0: mm. Yeah. It's so fabulous, because I mean, we often talk, I, I want to help change this perspective, because it is, you know, they're just as much of a parent of this child <laughs> as you are. So right. <laughs> this idea of like, they're helping us, it's like, well, we're on this together. So this is what needs to be done. And whatever shifts the perspective into that is always so positive. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm glad that he did pick up on that and, and, and take some responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) You also wrote to me that, um, that him helping out and taking the son for a long time to give you a break, that that helped avoiding that touched out feeling that a lot, of mom's face. Can you speak, can you explain that a little bit more?
1: Um, so yeah, he, I mean, he, my husband felt a little bit, he felt a little bit bad at some points because he wasn't really holding my son as much. Like he helped out a lot with my daughter with the, you know, feeding bottles and things like that. And with my son, since the feeding was on me, He would, um, if I wasn't feeding, he would take my son and he would really like relish in the opportunity to uh, spend time with him and hold him and play with him and things like that. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel the, the touched out, like how a lot of breastfeeding moms feel like their baby's just always on them, you know? And it's like when you have your baby who's constantly on you and then you have a partner, you know, who needs attention too. And then you have other kids and animals and things like that. It's like you constantly have this feeling of like, everybody needs me. But then like, you need to take care of yourself too. And um, a lot of moms and I, you know, I I know, like I've experienced a lot of, um, you know, friends and things like that, just feeling like they're going to explode. And like, if anybody touches me, I'm just going to, you know, Mm. freak out. And I did. I didn't feel that with my son. Um, my husband, you know, in in the night, like if I was feeding, if I if I had to wake up at three o'clock in the morning, um, you know, he would do a lot of like, oh, I'll do the diapers and the and and changing him and getting him ready, and then you know he would bring him to me, and so he was very good about a lot of helping in a lot of those ways to to just kind of keep me emotionally healthy. And not get to that point of being feeling touched out or feeling like everybody else needs me. So I'm just going to have to like put my own needs aside, like my own need for, you know, time and space and just mm-hmm. like a second to to think about what I need. You know, am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Do I need to go to the bathroom? Like, can I take a shower? You know, or like whatever it was, you know, those first few months that it's so hard. Um I just didn't. I just didn't feel that. So I really got to enjoy when I look back at those those first few months, like with with both of my kids. I really got to enjoy just like being with them, you know. And the and the time that I was with them was like so much fun. And I just got to really soak up the them and our relationship. And um, a lot of other things, you know, were were taking care of.
0: So. Nice. That is so good. That is so important. Huge, huge, because it changes your perspective completely. Yeah, yeah. Did, definitely. Did you get to a point down where, you know, like this pain subsided and, and it was like, okay, now it's working. Now I feel like now I'm, I'm even not just working, but now I'm enjoying this breastfeeding thing. Oh, yes. Once
1: the two weeks, that first two weeks was really hard. And after that, it was the most amazing thing. I mean, it was just fantastic. It was so nice. It got to the point where it was just so easy. And it was so nice to just kind of have that, that relationship and that bond with him. But yeah, it did get to the point where it was like, awesome, just totally awesome.
0: Which is the point yeah. of the persistence. <laughs>
1: yes. Yay. And like I knew, I knew in my head it was, I, I knew I was just like, I know there's going to be roadblocks, but I'm going to push through them so hard because I know there's going to be that light at the end,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and I just, that was kind of, that kept me going through those first two weeks.
0: Mm. And I'm so glad that you fig, you know, you figured it out. You had this big breastfeeding journey from one child to the other. And then that at the end, you were able not only to like nourish your soul and your baby, but also many other babies with all that milk that you donated. Yeah,
1: thank you. It does. It does feel really good when I think back on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) Do you have any like parting words for the listeners in terms of what drove you to write to me and have this show, you know, make this a reality of the importance of sharing how breastfeeding, how persistence is such an important part of breastfeeding?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of us especially first-time moms and you know I was definitely this way, we have this picture in our head of of exactly how things are going to be. And when we kind of open up to the possibility that, you know, things might not be exactly how we have planned, you know, we have to kind of allow for things to happen that we don't exactly expect. But when we know what we want, And we are so clear on what we want, you know, whether it's breastfeeding or whether it's not, like you said before, you know, whatever you want, um, if there's, and and just acknowledging that, yes, there will be some obstacles, there will be some bumps in the road, but if you know, that's what you want, really keep going after it because it could be yours with, you know, like you said, a little knowledge, support, persistence, creativity, um, so, you know, the support was, was really huge for me, but don't give up too quickly. You know, just, if you know, that's what you want, just keep going and keep going and, and push through the the other people's comments, the, the doctor's advice. Maybe, um, I listened to with my first, just, you know, I just took it as, um, you know, as the, the truth and, and maybe it would have worked it. Maybe it wouldn't, I don't know, but, um, you know, just know what you want and just go for it and just keep trying, try new things. If one thing's not working, pivot, turn, try something new, talk with other people, see what they've done. And then maybe that'll work for you, but, um, just keep going, you know, just keep going. And if it does, and if you decide to stop and you decide that maybe this isn't right for you or whatever, um, try to let go of the guilt, you know, I carried it with me for a long time for, you know, four years, probably, and it was really hard. And, um, you know, just try to let go of that and see the situation for, for what it is, and that you did the best you could. Mm. At that time, you know, you did the best you could with what you had at that time. And that is good enough. That Absolutely. Is
0: perfect. Yeah. Yeah, no absolutely. It's it, everybody's got their own journey, but you know. Yeah. You can you can know that there will be obstacles. That's right. Know that there will be obstacles mm-hmm. and you can get over them. Um, mm-hmm. but most of the time, <laughs> I don't want to, it's yeah. such so, it's such a big unknown, but at the same yeah. time with the right support, like right, finding the right support and the creativity and the persistence and the knowledge, it can be done. Uh, Don, thank you so, so much for being here today. If the listeners want to reach out to you or follow what you're doing, um, know more about you, how can they do that? Oh, sure. They can um, follow me on
1: Facebook. My um, business page is Dawn Pensac Coaching. They can also look at my website, dawnpensac.com, and they can shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from them. My email is dawn at dawnpensac.com or a message through, you know, Facebook, uh, my business page. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love to hear from them. If this story resonated with them at all, or if they have any questions or, you know, anything. Yeah, feel free to to reach out.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Mighty Ones, I love to hear from you, so share with me your thoughts, and if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages, and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at Birthful, so come say hi. And don't forget to check out birthfulcourses.com to truly prepare for life with a newborn. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at Expectful. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Losada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.